afternoon and welcome to another exciting and fun episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. And we are ready to do another fantastic classic Hollywood, uh, classic Hollywood, classic Hollywood film. There you go. And this one is a little bit different from us. This is a little departure normally from the... We try to do comedies and other lighthearted stuff. And this isn't like lighthearted like a comedy, but it's not as dramatic, melodramatic. Well, no, it is melodramatic. So it's not as much... Well, there ain't no sex. <laughs> ain't as much sex and violence, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> this one, this is a sweet, kinder, gentler film. Wouldn't you say, Georgia? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, there's a there's a sentimental quality to it, and, and much uh, nobility. Yes. It's it's very inspirational. Look, without further ado, we're talking about Blossoms in the Dust, starring Greer Garson and Walter Pigeon. So, for those of you who've seen this movie, you know what we're talking about. This is a very sweet, like I said, just just really sweet, beautiful movie, right, Georgia? Oh yeah, and I have to say. My namesake, my great grandmother. This was her favorite movie, oh, and wow. so I have to tell you, yeah, her name was Georgia Ann mm -hmm. Kimbrough Smith, and I am named after her. And yeah, this was her favorite movie. Um, it made in 1941, and uh, she was with us until 1948. And uh, but yeah, this is a movie. Uh, if uh, I, I can go ahead and tell you just a little bit about it. It's based on the true life story of Edna Gladney, who uh, helped orphaned and abandoned children find homes. She fought for the rights of children whose parents were not married or from unknown parentage. And she not only changed the laws, but she opened a center to care for the children and for their mothers who to give birth there and receive medical care. And so this movie tells how adoption was once viewed and, and how it, and now we can see how it's all changed today because of this one very courageous lady. Very, very well said. Georgia, um, just for our audience to know, where do you get your sources for trivia and information? Is it an aggregate or, or what? Yes, it is an aggregate. I scour the internet and look at everything. I check um, not only um, everything from Turner Classic Movies, IMDb, uh, Wikipedia. I do uh, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I go, I, I spend um, hours like looking at, even reviewers, they have backgrounds, know a lot about the movie. And um, I even read, um, something from a young woman who was actually adopted mm. through the Gladney home. And it was so heartwarming to read her remarks because she said, because of her, she says, I had this wonderful life. She, she called up this um, couple and she said to them, I have this beautiful baby girl for you today. And so they came and adopted her and her life took off from there. And uh, all these people who, knew Edna Gladney. Also, I read people who knew Greer Garson. And I mean, there was so much out there. There was a wealth of information on this movie. You know, yeah, it's some people consider it kind of maybe sweet or even to the point of saccharine. Yes, it's sentimental. But you know, there is such a strong message about the value of people and about um, their worth. And, and it 
I, I love the way this movie portrays uh, this whole idea because um, back in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, um, children born to unmarried parents were considered the dregs of society. They were outcasts, misfits. Um, they were shamed, tainted. They were branded for life. Uh, they were considered unmarriageable. And at the time this movie was made, this was considered a scandalous subject. And so um, Greer Garson, I think, was such a great choice to play this role because um, she lends a lot of um, dignity and and graciousness, I think, to to this role because this was considered by a lot of people it was rough. I mean, these were people who had, they had a stigma attached to them their whole life. And then I did some research and found out, even though the movie doesn't completely track what really happened with her, one thing I did find out about her, she herself uh, was born to an unwed mother. Right, I did and see I that. I did realize that. Yeah, yeah. She went to live with her aunt and uncle. Uh, but the movie doesn't portray it like that. You know, it made it seem like to me, like the parents in the movie were biological, but they were in fact her aunt and uncle. You are so right. But you know, Moya, another thing that I, that um, made me think this was a great choice for a movie is because the work that you do yourself <laughs> with children. And I just think that, you know, this kind of really ties in. The audience <laughs> are like, they let her around children? Call protective services. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, I, I don't work hands-on directly with children. Not that I'm against that. But, yes, uh, I do work for and advocate for the welfare of kids who are uh, neglected and abused. So, yes, that's right. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, one of the things that I found out about Edna Gladney was that, you know, she treated these children like they were her own because even yes. after they were adopted out, she would continue writing and corresponding to them and, you know, wanting to hear about their lives. And she was still involved with them, which I thought was so beautiful. Yeah, she was like the Wisconsin uh, Midwestern Mother Teresa, you know? Yeah. That's a great way to describe her. Well, I wanted to say that there's a, an amazing um, thing about uh, the actress Greer Garson. Um, she received five consecutive Best Actress nominations, which tied Betty Davis's record, and it still stands today. Wow. Five years in a row, five consecutive. Betty Davis and her tied. The wow. record stands. Amazing. So this, this movie uh, was the one that really launched Greer Garson mm -hmm. to becoming one of the biggest stars of the 1940s. And this was the first of her eight or nine movies pairing her up with Walter Pidgeon. Yes, yes. I want to talk about that. The uh, handsome and debonair Walter Pidgeon. And you could see that this was the first one because he's so young right there. And Greer Garson is quote-unquote old, uh, for Hollywood standards, because her career didn't really take off. She was like Mae West. She's in her 30s, even though, you know, I don't yeah. I don't know what age I would have given her because she's such a beautiful, she was such a beautiful lady. Um, but yeah, she was considered old, quote unquote, when she became a star. You're right, Moya, she was. And a lot of times, yeah, the roles, yeah, she's a little bit older than the people that she portrays in the movie. Um, and so I also... This is a bit of scandal, a little bit of, but um, 
the she the following year in 42 she did mrs miniver and the man who plays her son in the movie she and him were having like a real like an affair at yeah. the time and she ended up marrying him he became he became her second husband his name was richard may yeah and so yeah she was yeah she was a hot <laughs> girl that that red head wasn't she red was a for, hot girl yeah it wasn't was. red for nothing that red hair <laughs> she was spicy <laughs> spicy gal I love it. I love it. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. The men do it all the time. So you go on, get it, girl. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> this movie was one of the rare ones that was made in full Technicolor. And so it really mm -hmm. played up her red hair and green eyes. And um, and this movie received an, the Academy Award that it got was for Best Art and Set Design. It was also nominated for Best Picture but it lost to How Green Was My Valley, and she was also nominated mm -hmm. for Best Actress, but she lost to Joan Fontaine mm -hmm. in Suspicion. Oh, which is which is a really great film. How Green, my, Green Was My Valley was good, too, but something else was up for Best Picture that year, and I thought I should have won. Those of you who know Oscar trivia, uh, hit us up on... We're on Facebook. Let us know what you think of the podcast, and um, if you have any trivia for us, we're at How Betty Davis Saved My Life. We're also on YouTube, and uh, we have some some uh, videos up there. So check check us out on there. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, and like, and share all of our content. Georgia, something you said. Um, I, I I didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to say it because when you touched on it, uh, this is one of the first color films or like this. Teresa Harris is in this movie. She plays the maid. And uh, right. and we, those of you who know, uh, who listen to our uh, podcast about pre-code, we talked about Babyface and Teresa Harris. That's one of her first starring and credited roles uh, where she is not uh, a maid like how she always plays, but she is in equal footing with Barbara Stanwyck's character, Babyface. So she really gets a chance to really act and shine and show her depth of talents. But when you say the color thing, so you, those of you who know who Teresa Harris is, or if you don't know, go and Google her and look at her pictures <laughs> and, and then go look at Blossoms in the Dust. Georgia, I was livid. I'm like, how in the, how in Hades you blackface a black person? She was I black know. as damn charcoal. It was disgusting. And I agree, Moya. And, uh, did you didn't. did you find out why that she did that? Because I, so I had to find out why she wrong. did why they did that. Did you find out why they did that? Because I did. Did you see? Did you find out why they did that? Um, I, I found think that out. It possibly had to do with the coloring yeah. process. I think that was the reason they gave it because they right. wanted. Apparently, she wasn't. She Black wasn't enough. dark enough, yeah. Cause, cause I, gone with the wind. And I thought, what? Cause gone with the wind oh. was the standard of how black servants should act, you know, in, in Hollywood. And so, of course, um, had a McDaniel and a recipe. They were dark, okay. And so, by that being such a colossal success, everybody after that had to be dark. And obviously, Teresa Harris is not dark. She's brown skin. She's caramel color. But the, yes. but just like you said, the because uh, colorization was new and lighting for colorization um, of film was new, they felt she would have uh, played too light as a maid. So they, I mean, girl, they, it was <laughs> it was almost laughable 
how dark she it was. That was crazy. Poor thing. And, and so then the guy who plays the butler, nothing against this poor actor. And I don't, I, I should have looked up his name. And I saw it um, in the credits and I said I was going to remember it, but I don't. Oh, I hate when he's in movies because he shucks and jives and coons. Oh, and it just makes, it just gets on my nerves. And so uh, I cannot stand when he in a movie and, and, and nothing against him. Like I said, him and Teresa Harris and the rest of the black folk actors, and her, you took what they gave you, you know, and unfortunately this is what they gave you. But this movie had me yeah. cringing a lot. They had the two little black babies in a damn crate. I'm like, why the damn, why the black babies come in a damn crate? Like they two mules or, 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 or two pigs in a stock. George is shaking her head and cringing like she's sucked on a bad lemon or something. So if I had to if I had to complain about this movie, the cooneration of the black folks was a bit too much. You know, and, and people, you know, I, you know, Gone with the Wind is one of my favorite films. Um and you and it's sad. But there are different levels of shucking and jiving and cooneration in these black in these old Hollywood movies, and I didn't realize it. Took kind of looking at, it. I was like, you know what? This is acceptable. This is not. It's, this is this was madness back then. Thank goodness, you know. Now you have a whole set of other black people doing stuff in movies, and I, you know, I won't. I ain't gonna get into that. But. That back, it, so I'm I'm glad you touched on that because when I saw her blacked up like that, I, every time I saw it, my my mouth gaped open. I'm like, what were y'all thinking? This she looks like a fool. Look like she's sick. Like something. What is that? Was something wrong with your kidneys? <laughs> Look like she has kidney failure. When you get dark, some people get dark. Look like she had kidney failure. Oh my goodness, that was my rant. I'm I sorry, know Georgia. that that was painful. I have to tell you, and but I had to tell myself, well, it was. It just shows you how far we've come <laughs> right, you know, to, right. to treat people more respectfully in movies and right. have, uh, right. you know, more sensitivity right. uh, towards people. But I know that yeah, you're right. That's a great flaw. Yeah. And it, yes, it's flawed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, just like that part of Gone with the Wind is also flawed. Yeah. So. Right. Right. But but I don't want to cancel these movies. You know, I would. You're never going to get catch me up here. Oh, they shouldn't show that movie or anything. Can't that you know? And starting a campaign, no, show them. Cause just like Georgia said, look how far we've come, and we don't want to cancel these movies. No one would know who Teresa Harris is without these movies. So no, keep these movies around. I agree with you, Moya. We need to. It's a part of like our film history. Yes, and it shows you uh, how we've evolved and how people, you know, were. Yes, right, wrong, all the wrinkles, all the scars, all the bad stuff, and how people are depicted. Yes. You know, and the attitudes at the time. And so, yeah, I say keep them as they are. Yes. Um, well, you know, I wanted to also touch upon um, the lasting effect that um, uh, Edna Gladney had. You know, at a time when women never, never, never appeared in the Texas legislature, she right. was there every single day mm -hmm. to tell the legislators there that they needed to remove the word illegitimate from these children's birth yes. records. Yes. A great and scene. And she was success. Yes. And, and well, just like Moya said, but you know, another thing that she did was she didn't stop there. She went on to change the law so that adopted children would have inheritance rights because oh. before then 
only biological children could inherit. Wow. If you were adopted, you were not allowed to inherit from your parents. You were not. Wow. And he changed that. And this law was so consequential that it swept throughout the entire United, the southwestern United States. All the other states in the southwest adopted these laws because of this courageous, determined lady. Beautiful. And <laughs> so, you know, when you watch this movie, yeah, it's getting, you know, you're going to need hankies, especially towards the end, <laughs> and a good box of Kleenex. But, you know, this is a story about, um, you know, what it's like to have determination, work your hardest yes. to accomplish something you believe in. It's a movie that really speaks to the heart and, and what a woman with a loving heart can do. I mean, she changed the world and she had such devotion and dignity. When I saw this movie, I thought, you know, how amazing you know, because and what all the things that she did, you know, she like collected, you know, yes. for this home. And she, she knocked door to door and took nickels and dimes for the home and then for the milk. I mean, she she was a hustler. She she didn't she see there was no government assistance back then. Look, there was so much in this movie, Georgia. There was no government assistance. No one was coming to help these kids. So she had to do it and the community had to do it. And that is one of the problems now. Uh, I could say from my own personal soapbox, the community has to get more involved with these kids who are abused and neglected because the government is not the answer. I can sit here right now unequivocally tell you the government is the problem. Let me just, just and I'm not going to get go too far on that. But we, the people, we have to take care of these kids. And if you don't, now you see what's happening. The streets are literally on fire and they running with blood because the family system is not there and nobody cares. And or enough people don't care. And Georgia, something else you said, the resiliency of this woman, she had, and I don't, I don't, we don't want to give any spoilers, but she had very tragic things happen to her yes. in her personal life. That would have destroyed most common man, mortal, mere mortal men and women. But she did not feel sorry for herself. She, I'm pretty sure, you know, she had a down moments and what have you. But she picked, she turned the tragedies into triumphs and got outside of herself and projected that energy that she could have used to feel sorry for herself to help these kids and families, which I find absolutely just inspirational. I couldn't agree with you more, Moya. It has to start with the individual. Yes. You know, one caring person can really uh, change so many people's lives. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and so I hope that when you watch this movie, yes, it is dated. And, and for the reasons that Moya and I talked about, but please don't let that get in the way right. of, the, of the story here and uh, how how much good one single person with determination, what they can accomplish. Yes. Um, I did want to say something also about um, the actress, uh, Greer Garson. Um, in this movie, you know, I think it kind of shows her range because when you think yes. about it, she plays, she plays a Texan. No, she doesn't have a Texas accent. <laughs> she she goes on to play a French woman. She plays Madame Curie. And then she goes on to do 
she also did uh, an English woman, Mrs. Miniver. Yes, that's closer to what she truly was because she was British. She did have dual citizenship. She became both um, an American citizen as well. But this kind of shows um, her range. You know, she was known for playing these roles where it called for somebody who was kind of inspiring and noble and kind of classy right. and beautiful and all that. Um, but uh, she is, I have to say, you know, she is one of my favorite actresses of the 1940s oh. because of the, you know, the heart that she yes. she brings to a role. And, of course, I love her and Walter Pigeon together. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one of uh, film's greatest uh, couples, she and Walter Pigeon. And I don't remember the first movie I saw her in. Maybe it was Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Because I think that might have been her actually yeah. first film, I think. Um, but I think that's when I may have first... Because I didn't know who she was. I had no idea who she was. Uh, and, You're and, right. Because, and, you know, of course, you know, Betty. You know, all the household names, Betty, Joan, and Barbara, and everything. But, yeah, I had no idea who she was. And when I saw her, she's so strikingly beautiful. I was like, wow, who is this lady? She's beautiful. So, yeah. Um, Greer Garson, and she she's another one. She none of her movies disappoint. Or maybe I saw her in Pride and Pre Prejudice first. Was she in? I think Frederick Marsh. I don't know, but it it wasn't this movie. But um, but she never disappoints. She never gives a bad performance. Yes. Oh, I have a teaser for our listeners. Oh, in the movie, it mentions that there are some U.S. presidents that who were adopted yes. that I never knew about. Some, yes. So I'm gonna have you have to watch. You the have movie. to I'm watch. Not tell you who they are. Yes, and some <laughs> prominent uh, civil early civil rights activists as well. Um, also, there's a, a wall of uh, adoption fame or orphanage fame. If orphan fame, if you will, that uh, I was like, wow, I even, um, yeah, I, I was shocked. So, uh, and a lot of famous people today uh, are, are, have been adopted. And of course, I can't say them off the top of my head. Um, but oh gosh, one of them almost came to mind. Um, Ray Liotta, the great uh, actor, um, popular oh, yeah. actor, I should say, he's adopted. Um, just a lot. I can't think of, and see, some people, and a lot of people may not have been formally adopted. Um, you know, like on the books, but they have something called kinship where your family takes you in. So you're, you know, um, right now the Olympic trials are going on and Simone Biles, uh, and her sister adopted, uh, Shikari Richardson, um, the U S uh, track and field star, she's adopted by her grandmother. So, you know, and, and so many more people that aren't, you know, officially adopted, like on a book. So when formally adopted, I should say, you know, then later on they go get to do the paperwork, but your family takes you in. And just the blessings when I hear some of these stories, how Georgia, how these, these, and so back then, just like a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, um, when kids get removed, it's not always sexual or physical abuse. The majority of it is negligence. The families, yes. for whatever reason, cannot take care of these kids uh financial things happen whatever and so you see nothing has changed because back then when you look at the movie these parents it's not like they did not want their kids now one story one man he was a jerk he didn't want his kid and that's a really good that was a really good yeah. scene too but most of them people were so poor back then abject poverty and to get racial again you know i don't know if they ain't want no black black babies in the movie you know they, you had about three black kids 
But a lot of the kids were white kids that were poor, dirt poor. And the movie didn't outright mention it, but um, I have not seen the documentary on this because I said I do not feel like being depressed, but I am going to look at it. But there is a really bleak history or period in American history of what's called orphan trains. Um, Wallace, yes, yes Wallace yes. Ford, the uh, one of my favorite character actors of Hollywood, he was an uh, a, a, a little boy on one of those orphan trains, and orphan train the kids would they would just literally load these kids up like cattle or something like that, and send them on these trains, and they would have these stops and. I, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, if someone was at this stop who wanted you or could claim access to you, they, you know, they got you off or, and they took you in or whatever. So it's like these trains toured the country with these kids that nobody wants. It, it, so like I said, I have not looked at it and, you know, but I know of it and it's just too sad. So I'm going to wait till I'm in a really good mood, Georgia. Then I'm going to depress, <laughs> then I'm going to depress myself and look at Orphan Train documentary. But this was going but, but, on back know, then. It, during the time that that was going on, Moya, America was more, more agrarian. It wasn't yes. industrialized. So yes. they would go, when they took these children in, they looked at them as, well, it's another uh, farm here. Yeah. Somebody help us. Yeah, help us, uh, that's right. With the, raise the crops and the girls were looked at domestic help. Yes. They looked at them as, you know, you're going to help, you're going to be workers. They yeah. look at them so much as children, but right. you're, you've got to help us out. Right. So right. you've got to earn your room and board. They weren't really allowed to have much of a childhood. I right. mean, they were treated like, okay, you're going to be, you know, help or an unpaid worker. <laughs> right. Well, that's how kids were looked at in society, period. Not just here in America. Kids, before we they got studied by PRJ and the rest of uh, uh, the pioneers and children, development childhood development they kids were looked at as little adults and they were treated like little adults and so then don't have like i said an agrarian society where you're right that was you were gonna work honey if you got picked and so wallace ford he ran away because i think he it was his aunt or uncle or it might have been a relative took him in and he said he was treated so horribly that he ran away because his real name's not even wallace ford he adopted that name from another kid who was on an orphan train who who either died or, or whatever. He just assumed that kid's identity. But he ran away and, you know, in the rest of his history, he landed in Hollywood. But can you imagine that, Georgia, today? I mean, you know, we have a, a political crisis that I'm not going to get into that's kind of sketchy like that going on. Um, but can you like what were people thinking back then but they thought that was a good idea these orphan trains oh my gosh could you the the sec is a sexual predators holiday <laughs> oh my gosh i i know you know that that crossed my mind too mm -hmm. oh my goodness but yeah, yeah guys look that up orphan trains i had no idea that existed till about two or three years ago i was like what we did what we put kids unaccompanied minors on trains and just sent them around on purpose that's insane we did we sure did yeah and i think a lot of them probably were also i think native american children too and anybody Ooh. who any any know, unclaimed child was put on the train exactly oh my any exactly. feral child and now and now we're back to feral children and we have, we have progressed so much. You know, we have so much. But now we have feral kids. Don't get me started, guys. So we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about blossoms in the tusk. <laughs>
Georgia, I'm gonna That's give you funny. the last. I'm gonna give you the last word. I, I did enjoy. This was my second time seeing it, and I'm glad I saw it again because it was such a delight. Oh, good. Well, you know, um, one of the things that I wanted to say is, um, you know, Greg Garson herself said that you know the way they film these children in the movie, they do the close-ups of the children's faces, and Greg Garson later admitted that she was worried that the kids would steal the scenes from her. And there's um, a child in this movie, um, and, and the credits it says the child's name is Pat Barker. Well, Pat Barker, although you see this as a little boy, this was really Patricia Barker, a yeah. girl played the role. So if yes. you look at it, just kind of keep that in mind. That yes. is actually a little girl. It's who Tony. 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 Yes. 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 Tony. So cute. So look for little Tony. So <laughs> And try cute. to get through without crying your eyeballs out. <laughs> oh, I know. If, if you don't want to be just, if you don't want to get diabetes from all the sweetness, sugar babies, <laughs> don't look at this. Because, I mean, they're just so cute. Just want to eat. I mean, the fat little chicks. I love a fat baby. Who doesn't love a fat baby? <laughs> The little chicken yeah. just want to eat them up like little apples. And when they showed those two little black babies, I guess they were twins, and they were screaming their heads off. I like, and the, the butler says, Deuce is wild. Girl, I was screaming up in here. Because <laughs> they were so cute. I was like, Oh, I'm going to steal those kids. <laughs> I wanted to adopt them myself. I know. <laughs> So cute. I take them home with me. They were so cute. But I was laughing when the lady said <clears throat> one of the one of those witches. There were several witches in this in this uh, movie, guys. Oh, yes. Uh, Greer Garson was an angel, but there were several witches and ogres and and trolls. Um, yeah. When she said, "Oh, I want to, we want to adopt the baby, but we want one that doesn't cry." Girl, I was crying. Loud. I, I was screaming. I, I should say, you should tell her, "Get out, ma'am." There's the door. <laughs> Don't let it hit you on the way out. Get out right now. You what are you insane? You want one? Well, who the hell doesn't want a baby that don't want to cry? Okay, well, we don't want the pooper wet either. You want a dog. You want an inanimate object. I just said, ma'am, you are absolutely nuts. I don't want one that cry. What you gonna kill it? What, what does that tell you? Yeah, you're gonna smother it to death. You know nothing. Right, you know nothing. The only way it won't cry, ma'am, is if you kill it. You know, and and that ain't even funny because that's going on now. But yeah, what a psychopath to say something like that. Yeah. <laughs> cuckoo, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Well, Georgia, I'm gonna again yield the floor to you guys. T check out Blossom in the Dust. It is a sweet film. It's a departure for for how Betty Davis saved my life, but we were. I'm glad we did it, Georgia. What what say you, ma'am? This is a must-see, not only if you're a Greer Garson fan, but also if you want a movie that just makes you feel good and you feel pumped and you feel inspired, this is the movie because this is a story about a real-life, honest-to-goodness hero. Yes. she. That's I, People throw that word around, and but she is, uh, Edna Gladney was a hero. She is a hero. So check out Blossoms in the Dust you guys and we will see you on the next podcast we can't wait to see you again um the podcast uh coming before this one is uh we re we reduced eve all about eve so we re we shortened eve and but it still got all of the uh the kicks and giggles but uh you know that was one of our original podcasts it was about an hour long uh and some change because you know you got to do eve right but we shortened it 
just short and sweet just for you. So check that out. So that'll be coming out, uh, I think, right before this one. And again, we're on Facebook, How Betty Davis Saved My Life. We're on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, and share. And we will see you guys next time. For How Betty Davis Saved My Life, I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. All right, guys. Take care.